All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and I'm joined today with a special guest, Connor Cole. Connor, how are you doing today, man? I am doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. So, yeah. Connor is a good friend of mine, been someone that I've known pretty much all my life. And, you know, I, a lot of your background and where I kind of even met you is through sports. And I know that you played. Uh, college college soccer you're a college athlete and then even kind of pursuing professional athletics and now kind of just in the business world but um do you mind just kind of talking a little bit about who you are your background a little bit too yeah absolutely so uh as as zach mentioned we met back in the back in elementary school uh, in the ymca basketball days (laughs) um so i you know we we both grew up playing sports and that's kind of where we first connected um I went on to, um, you know, I played three sports in high school. So I played soccer, basketball, and golf. Um, went on to pursue, as Zach mentioned, college or soccer in college. Uh, I played for Northwood University. Um, I was a two-year captain there, uh, all GLIAC member, uh, which for those of you who don't know is kind of like the, the Division Two version of the Big Ten. You know, our team liked to joke that it was the dumbed down version of it, but um, still, still a great honor. So I was happy about yeah. that. And then um, tried to pursue professionally, um, entered into the uh, MLS draft, um, entered into the MLS combine, did not, n- did not go well for me, did not uh, perform, played semi-professional for uh, about two years. Um, and then due to things, you know, not progressing as I would have liked, you know, I had some some severe, not severe, but, you know, quite a few concussions. And, you know, I was worried about my, my long-term health as you see a lot of these athletes with multiple head injuries, once they start to age, it has quite the effect on them. So decided to give it up. And now I am in the, in the business world, as Zach mentioned. Awesome. Yeah. And wow. Hearing uh YMCA basketball, that takes me back. That had to have been what, like 12, yeah. years ago or something at this oh, point it's not more i mean those were some yeah. those were some fun times though <laughs> they were <laughs> we had the, the best of times yeah we and had a good team too we did yeah i mean i think we kind of i think we might have been maybe a little older than some other teams yeah. but i'm pretty well, sure we dominated like every win, game right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i mean you know going back to those days i, I think growing up you know both of us being people involved with sports, we always had that dream of, you know, playing at the next level and then the next level and so on and so forth. So, I mean, like, what was it like for you? I mean, was it like when you were our age then, were you like dreaming of playing like in college and then so, and like even further than that? Yeah. I mean, that was, as you said, I think it was every kid's dream that yeah. had some sort of, you know, an athlete in them. I mean, you could go into an elementary school class in those days and say, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? 90% of the kids are going to say professional athletes. Right. So, you know, that was always a goal of mine. I actually, growing up, basketball was always my favorite sport. Um, I wanted to play that in, in college and play that professionally. Um, and then, you know, when I got to high school, I would, you know, I was still one of, one of the better players on my high school team, but right. it just, I wasn't at the same level as I was at soccer. So, and I love soccer as well. Um, so when, you know, I had the opportunity to, to pursue that in college, you know, I had, um, you know, a couple, a couple D one offers, a couple D two, a couple D three, um, settled on Northwood, uh, 
you know, I'd like to say I'm fully committed, but in reality, Northwood was a good business school and I knew I needed a backup. Um, so the education definitely played a role into it. Um, yeah, so then I got to play, got the opportunity to play in college. It was, you know, a very high level. Um, I did extremely well, which was, you know, a a blessing. Uh, I I mean, jumping from high school to college was something that I was not ready for. Um, but, uh, I managed, I was definitely nervous going in. And then once I got done with college, you know, I had kind of proven myself as, um, you know, one of the more dominant players in my league, as well as, um, you know, the, the region and, uh, didn't get a ton of attention on the national scale, but, you know, I fully believed in myself to do it. Didn't work out, but, you know, I wouldn't go back and, and change anything, uh, if I could. So I'm very happy with my experience and it was you know, something not a lot of people get to do. And I am extremely Thanks. grateful that I, that I had the opportunity and, and loved every second of it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I know you said, you know, you weren't necessarily ready for the transition from, from high school to college. Um, what, what was so challenging about it or what was like the most difficult part for you? Well, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, going, you know, if you play in high school, you have maybe three, four, five kids on the team that, you know, are kind of at that next level from everyone else. Right. Sometimes it might be one, you know, sometimes you might have a really good team where it's five. Okay. But when you go to the next level, the entire team and every team you play against is that number one and two kid at high, from the high school team. So everyone mm-hmm. goes in being at the top of their, you know, most of the time it's even the top of their league um, or their conference or whatever it may be. And when you get to college, every single person is that good, if not better. So yeah. it's going from being you know, there's big fish in this small pond to being to everyone doing that and trying to transition into a, a league where, you know, you're coming being looked up at as this, you know, Oh my God, he's the best player I've ever seen to, right. Oh my God, he's just like everyone else because everyone comes from all over because they got the same opportunity you did because they were at the top of their respective place. So it's, I think it's just tough going from, you know, being looked at as this, you know, standout superstar to, just being another another player really so especially you know being we i had 16 kids that came over from england just to play so on my team oh wow so you know and that's a whole different world um you know yeah. obviously european soccer is huge and so it's just a kind of a you know you kind of have an epiphany like wow i, I was not ready for this <laughs> everyone's so good <laughs> yeah that makes sense i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like cool that you're playing with top athletes mm-hmm. and the, your perspective sort where it's like everywhere you look there's so much talent but then yeah it's like that transition of like now I'm kind of just one of many you know I'm not like the the player the go-to anymore you have to kind of learn to play with people that are at your level and your caliber and play against them on a regular basis yep yep and so I'll tell you kind of a, a funny story that I can tell now because I'm no yeah. longer playing with him okay. um, in college it was an English guy um, he was, uh, he was two years older than me. So I played with him for two years okay. and he was, he was playing over in England and he was on track to, I mean, the real big time, you know, premier league, everything. I mean, he, okay. he was on track and I'm not going to name names cause I don't want to slander him at all, but right. he ended up losing everything for a cocaine addiction over there. Wow. So ended up getting clean coming over here and I ended up playing with him. But it's, I mean, it's people like that where he was at the top of the top of the top. And to be playing yeah. with kids like that, it's, 
I mean, I wish he wouldn't have done that because he had such a promising future, but he ended up still being right. one of the you know best players in the country for Division Two. So, I mean, it's just you never know what you're going to get into with college. There's it's just so much more from recruiting and just outreach than than high school. So it's an inter- he, and he was he was a crazy guy, but great player, <laughs> great player. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That, yeah, that's wild. I mean, and like you said, you just never know. And, you know, like when you're in high school and stuff, like, yeah, you can go to, you know, maybe like a prep school or you can mm-hmm. move to go to a better, you know, athletic, you know, yep. school. But in college, like you have international students, you have people from all over the world yep. trying to, you know, be the best at what they do. So, yeah, yes. a lot more exposure. Yep. And uh, Division Two and NAIA. So I was division two. I think I mentioned that, but Mm -hmm. NAIA division three, they have less and less um, international regulations than division one in terms of soccer. So (laughs) funny enough, the lower level, well, not lower level, but you know, as you go down from division one to division two to NAIA, Mm -hmm. they'll have more and more international players, which a lot of times, you know, there are NAIA teams that were better than us that were better than division one teams because they had all these unknown players from countries like Africa, Spain, Brazil, from all over that didn't have the same exposure and the same resources to get over here. And, you know, were kind of scooped up by teams that, you know, were looking for those people that had been kind of picked over by the division one team. So it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic with the international play for, for soccer, for sure. So you're mentioning that like there's different regulations, like, Meaning just like it's almost like easier for international players to come over and play? Yeah, so each team has a like kind of, I, I don't know the word, maybe quota of okay. uh, a certain number of in-state and American players and international players um, that they're allowed to give out to. So um, at the lower oh, okay. you go, they're allowed to have more international players on their roster in layman's terms. And, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of fine print around it, but that's kind of the, right. the, the basic outline of it. I had no idea about that. I didn't either until I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like that's one of those things you just don't know about. Oh, or, yeah. Or realize. And when you hear it, you're like, wow, that that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it was wow. an interesting okay. ride. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I mean, I'm glad that, you know, you had the experience and you enjoyed it. And I mean, from just someone that's known you since, you know, playing all these sports, you know, outside at recess. And oh, yeah. School, it's, it's cool to see, you know, someone that you know and you know have so much respect for just doing so great at the next level and you know kind of living vicariously through you yeah, a little bit well, when I, I see you it. crushing it yeah of course yep, it was fun good yeah so i know you mentioned after college you kind of you know went into pursuing um professional soccer mm-hmm. and you know you said unfortunately it wasn't it, it didn't go as well as you would have hoped um i mean what was what was that kind of like i mean when I've known you, you know, throughout your life, you've always been the top athlete mm-hmm. in most anything you do. And in college, it sounds like you had a lot of great success too. So like, what was that like kind of struggling a little bit? Um, yeah. I mean, it was not, it was not something I was expecting. Um, so yeah. I decided, I think it was my senior year. Um, I had, I had one coach, he had coached over in England Um and he had coached at some of the bigger clubs over there and they're like not youth academies but um like kind of their development programs and he had kind of pulled me aside and said hey you know i've coached some of the best players in the world and i think based on on your ability you can keep up with any of them um so that's kind of when i decided like hey you know this might actually 
be an option. If I can make a living out of this, this would be, you know, a dream come true. You know, yeah. eight-year-old me would be very proud and would be right. very pissed if I did not pursue it. Right. Um, so I put together uh, a highlight tape, an entrance for the MLS Combine. I actually, I was a broke college student, so I offered our yeah. team photographer and videographer a night of free drinks at the bar if she would put it together for me. <laughs> and she very willingly obliged. So that was super nice of her. <laughs> Still keep in touch. And she's awesome. Good. Yep. So she did it. Um, still on YouTube. If anyone wants to watch it, you know, maybe give me some more views. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but I, I knew the, the guy that was putting on the Midwest combine that was actually luckily in Michigan reached out to okay. him and he said, yeah, just make sure you get your highlight tape in. And I missed the date by one day to get it in. It wasn't done. Oh, wow. So okay. wasn't able to go to the combine, did a couple of private trainings and tryouts, um, got some minor attention, had an offer from a team. It was not MLS, but a step below out in New Mexico and didn't want to do that. I wasn't ready to make that move. So I, okay. I prefer, er, did some semi-pro over here in Michigan and eventually just kind of gave it up. I don't, you know, I, my heart, my whole heart and soul wasn't in it at the end, so that's kind of where it came crashing down, but it was a great ride, and I'm happy with where I'm at. So I'm not, not not regretful, but, you know, I gave it a shot, and that's all I can ask for. Exactly. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of like the key takeaway here. Like, you, you know, you never know. You, you got to put yourself out there sometimes, and it doesn't always go according to plan or what you wanted. But, you know, I, I love hearing you say that, like, there's no regrets or anything. Yeah. Like, you're happy where you landed and everything like that. So Yeah. yeah I mean, it was – I learned a ton, not only about – life but myself and i wasn't i wasn't personally ready to commit to that and i thought i was but looking back i just i think i kind of fell out of love with the game too i think i was a little burned out but you know it's been fun i still play recreational so yep yeah so i know you said like during the process and just probably just being a you know high level athlete for a lot of you know your adult life if you will starting like with college um you said you've learned a lot about life you learned kind of just a lot about yourself what would you say would be like something maybe the biggest thing that you learned or the biggest takeaway from the experience that's a good question that's a great question um i think the biggest thing for me was patience um you know coming in I was a pretty highly regarded recruit. Um, yeah. You know, I had some of the older guys within the first two days of showing up saying like, you know, the coach coach told us you were coming in to expect some of us to lose playing time, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. I came in as a center mid, you know, kind of an offensive player. And yeah. I started off slowly. Um, I will, <laughs> didn't start. It was probably the fifth game of my freshman year. Our left back for those who don't know soccer, left side of the defense, got injured. Mm -hmm. And we were down in Indianapolis playing Indianapolis University. And coach said, freshman, who wants to play defense? Never played defense in my life. And I said, I do, just because I wanted to play. You know, I I didn't come there to sit on the bench. And my play hadn't deserved any playing time so far in practice and games. So I wasn't, I was more mad at myself, but I was like, if I get a chance, I'm going in. So I played that game at, at left back and played the rest of my career at defense. But yeah, 
you know, learning. And I was so antsy to move forward and get, you know, I kept begging to play, to play in the midfield, whatever chance I got. And even the first five games, I was like, I need to get in the game, need to get in the game. But if you just, you know, I finally took a step back and was like, you know, I may be better at defense than I am at midfield. <laughs> so pursued the career there. And once I kind of sat back and like really looked at things, you know, be patient with where I'm at, you know, things will work itself out. And they did. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to, to recognize that I just needed to wait and see, you know, how things played out. Cause I, th- I think it was best case scenario, realistically. Definitely. And I think, you know, we live in a world where we all get caught up in trying to get to places the quickest yep. or, you know, just that kind of instant gratification or I want, I want it now. I want to be there now, but I like that. Like the idea of patience and just kind of like, it is maybe silly as it sounds, you know, trust the process, yeah. like trust that it's going to work out how, how it's supposed to. And it sounds like it did for you mm-hmm. and maybe in ways that you never expected yeah. and for the better. You know what? I, I think that's uh, kind of going off topic here, but I think a lot of that's kind of with the social media, with yeah. you see people that are just and a lot of times it's not true sometimes it is but you know your friends and these kids you grew up with that in high school and you know childhood that are living these lavish and extravagant lives and you you mm-hmm. kind of are like i need this i need this i need this but you know i think everyone lives on their own timeline and i think being yeah. patient waiting for your opportunity and you know kind of dealing with life as it comes to you is a lot more important than trying to live up to some crazy expectations that either you put on yourself based on outside pressures or other people put on you. So I think a lot of that translates into today's world too. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. And I think that that's actually a good kind of segue to what I was thinking about next, you know, like something that, you know, you and I have talked about just off the record personally Mm -hmm. is just kind of like mental health. And, you know, you see that, you know, with social media, kind of like you said, that can have a toll on our mental health. Being a college athlete can you know, have a toll on our mental health. I think about like the most recent example in the um, NCAA tournament, the kid on Ohio state who, you know, missed a couple shots or free throws or whatever. and was getting like death threats, yep. like tweeted at him and stuff. It's like, so there's so much that goes into mm-hmm. mental health. And I mean, you think about like athletes specifically. And I mean, I remember growing up, you know, not playing at the high levels you did, but just even like, Oh yeah. You, you don't show kind of like any, emotion or you don't you know negative emotion or you don't say you know you you might be anxious for a game or anything like mm-hmm. i mean do you mind kind of talking about mental health a little bit from like an athlete's perspective or maybe yeah. no absolutely what your take on it yeah is? so um i know you, like you said you and i have kind of talked about this off the books yeah um and I, you know i don't mind sharing it i've talked to you about it i've I struggled with mental health um mm-hmm. really it wasn't until i guess i didn't struggle badly until or at least i didn't recognize i was struggling until after college but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pressure, even at, you know, the division two level where it wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. fan pressure. You know, we got fans, but not like, you know, filling up stadiums by any means. So, but you know, for example, it's the story in Indianapolis, you know, I I was about to go in and our assistant Mm -hmm. coach was kind of a, kind of a jerk, but um, you know, he was an English guy. All our coaches were English and they're, they're a little bit more harsh than, than the American culture. Um, Right. Right before I subbed in, he kind of pulled me up aside and excuse the language, but he said, I'll even do it in the accent. He's like, Connor, if you fuck this up, you will never touch the field again for the rest of your four years. <laughs> and I mean, like hearing that as a, an 18 year old freshman going into your first game yeah. ever, I mean, the pressures that are put on there, I, I can only imagine if I would have played poorly, what it would have done to me. I mean, I, I thank yeah. God every day that I didn't, 
and I played very well in that game. <laughs> but right. I mean, just and and that's he's he's constantly you know the coaching staff you get so much pressure put on you, especially people that come in with high expectations and you know don't transition yeah. as smoothly as expected. You know, I saw I saw kids on my team. We had kids that would that would quit maybe monthly. You know, we would start off a season with wow. thirty five kids. You know, maybe maybe fifteen walk ons. Um, and half the walk-ons would be gone by halfway through the season because there's so much pressure, you know, they're getting constantly berated at practice and, you know, there's really no holding back at that level. If you're not good enough, you're going to know you're not good enough and the coaches are going to tell you. (laughs) So I can laugh about it, but it's, 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 it's tough on a lot of people. And I I think a lot of it, especially at the high level, like Ohio state, like you said, I mean, hearing, getting death threats for missing shots in a game is, I mean, they're, even college, you're just kids. Like, so yeah. I, I think it's very real. And I think no matter what you do, um, whether it be athletics, which just happens to be what I did, or um, you know, in a business world from a boss or wherever it may be, um, I, I think it's starting to come to light. But I think the pressures are are pretty crazy. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and I think. You know, the pressure, kind of like you touched on, it can come from so many different yep. places. It, it can come from coaches, bosses. You know, it can come parents. from yourself, yeah. your parents, your family, your significant other peers. You know, you can have that pressure from from everywhere. And I think, you know, someone, whether you are, you know, an athlete or, you know, just successful in whatever you do, you know, whatever that may be, I feel like you're always going to be your biggest critic. So when you have that pressure from others or maybe even that doubt from others, that's when it kind of starts to eat you alive mm-hmm. and like you kind of overthink it even more. And yep. It can be a vicious cycle. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I just think the world right now is a very, a very pressure filled place and everyone's, you know, kind yeah. of clawing to get to the top. And I just think there's a very, very competitive atmosphere out here or out there right now. Not always in a good way either. Um, so yeah. I think the sources of pressure and the source, I think people are starting to crack. And I think mm-hmm. a little bit of why we're seeing so many mental health issues come to light recently is, you know, and I think it's a good thing, but it's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm curious to see where it all, where it all leads to. Cause I think it's kind of growing exponentially. So I don't know what to expect, but having gone through it myself, it's, it's scary, but yeah, I guess no, I mean, it, it's a real oh, thing. Absolutely. It's a real thing, right? And it's something that, yeah, I think, you know, as time's going on and our generation, it's kind of coming more to light, having the conversations on mental health. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even, you know, it, you can sit, you can s- still say like it, some people consider it taboo or it yeah. just seems like, you know, uncomfortable to talk about. And, you know, that's why I have like a lot of respect for like Kevin Love, you know, in the NBA who like, came out with his piece about having, you know, panic attacks and, and anxiety and just like seeing like, wow, that's someone making millions playing yep. as a professional athlete and they're human, right? We're all human yeah. at the end of the day. We all have these things going on and just kind of normalizing that, you know, pressures, expectation, just life in general, life's hard. Oh, right? <laughs> you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and something that you said, Connor, was that like, it was kind of after college is when maybe you, you were, you know, tuning more into your own mental health, um, you know, maybe for someone our age or maybe even a little younger, still in college. Like, is there any, anything you would say that would maybe help that individual recognize or realize 
that maybe they are having some struggles. Yeah. Um, I mean, so for me personally, um, I had a, it's kind of hard. I had more, more physical anxiety than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so mentally I didn't recognize it. You know, I wasn't someone that was sad. I wasn't someone that was constantly worrying about life around me, but, um, right. Mine kind of stemmed from, so my first ever, first ever panic attack was about two months after, uh, I watched my dad have a, a pretty severe heart attack. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, he was in the hospital, ended up having a sextuple bypass. Uh, very thankful he's happy or he's healthy now. So, but yeah, you know, just, it was kind of a traumatic experience for me. Um, right. you know, I watched him, I'm not going to go into detail about his symptoms, but people know what heart attack symptoms right. are for the most part. So, um, I was actually at work one day and I, you know, started to get some chest pain. Um, I think it was maybe indigestion or something, something minor. Right. And yep. you know, the, the brain's a powerful thing. And I, I kind of manifested a, a mental heart attack and I put myself through all the symptoms yeah. that I saw him have without realizing it. I left work, ended up passing out while I was driving, um, crashed my car and not, not crashed, but I drove off the road into the median and the highway. Yeah. Um, called 911 got an EKG on my heart and that's kind of where it started. And I realized that the brain is extremely powerful. Um, anxiety, yeah. panic, depression, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are warning signs and I think being able to recognize them and yeah, you know, a lot of people say like, I'm, I'm too mentally strong. That'll never happen to me. Like, which right. I, I don't like to admit, but that was me. I mean, I, I was one of those people that said, oh, that's not real. Like people are just sad or people are just yeah. worried over nothing. But, you know, the brain can do a lot of crazy things, whether you want it to or not. And I think mm-hmm. one, recognizing it early and being open to the fact that, you know, this could happen to me. And then the other thing, just knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, um, yeah. I think is the key because as bad as it gets and as you know, hopeless as it may seem, you can talk to anybody who's gone through it and made it through and they will tell you there is a light and looking back, they wish they would have have seen the light. So I think it's very important for people to know that you can get through it. There's a lot of help out there and don't be afraid to take it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, it's incredible to hear. And, you know, just like, like I said, you know, just thinking back to our personal you know connections and and everything you know i've i've always known you as someone really smart guy you know academically really great athlete really nice guy just really awesome person and just to see kind of like you know you're still a human like you you still have these experiences like even though you're you know playing successfully you know in college and stuff like that you you Mm -hmm. still have the same kind of struggles or obstacles that anyone that age faces right so and you know to hear you talk about it and even just like as as your friend to hear you kind of say like you know maybe you didn't really buy much into it when you were younger but now to understand it like just seeing that personal growth i mean like that that makes me proud to call you a friend and just to see you know how far you've made it and, and your journey in life and you know i know that there's a lot more that you're gonna learn to yeah along no and i appreciate that you know it, it means a lot and i think yeah. kind of like you said you know it's hard for people that haven't gone through it to really know. Yeah. So I think, you know, if people downplay it, I, I, I just, most likely they haven't gone through it. Um, haven't had any of those, right. those mental struggles that most people have. So, 
um, you know, I would I would definitely say try to find people that have. I know you and I have have both yeah. had our own struggles. I'm sorry if you didn't want to yeah. bring yours up. But, oh no, um, you know we've talked about it on the side, and I think just having people that yeah. can relate to you is is huge as well. And you, exactly. like I said, you being someone, I mean, you are one of the kindest, most caring people I've ever met. And knowing that you've gone through it and you're struggling while still making so many positive impacts on other people is, I mean, it's, it, it's the kind of both sides of the, the spectrum. You know, you have this, one of these people that seems like their whole life is about being positive, helping others, mm-hmm. doing whatever you can for your friends, family, even strangers to be struggling on their own yeah. and not, not showing it. And someone like me who, you know, like you said, is, you know, living a, a very successful athletic career and, you know, doing things that you wouldn't seem think like, oh, he's probably struggling. He's his life sucks. You know, it can it can happen to anyone on any side of the spectrum and, and anything. And I think to being cognizant of that is is definitely important for just to help others that are going through it. Definitely. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, just to reemphasize something you said, Connor, you know, like it's something we all experience and there's people out there to talk to, whether that's, you know, opening up to friends, family members or professionals, you know, mental health professionals. And there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with, you know, talking about what we have going on in our lives. So, you know, to anyone that's listening, if if you experience any of these kind of struggles or you think maybe you you might you know don't be afraid to to open up about it to someone um it it can be tough it can definitely be tough and intimidating to do so but you know there's people out there that can help you and provide resources or just um you know there there's people in your corner and i feel like during these times we maybe feel like we're alone or no one will understand what we're going through but i I promise there are there are people that care and that that can help absolutely and you know the other thing is everyone's case is different. Um, everyone does different yep. things. And whether someone can directly yep. relate or not isn't as important as someone that has gone through struggles on their own and can at least understand exactly. that it is real and mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're not overplaying it. And just someone that can even be an ear to listen is, is very important. Right. So I think, I think reaching out, um, you know, if some people aren't comfortable with it and that's okay. But if you are, I think it's, you know, talking to people about it can, it helped me a lot. So I would encourage whoever else feels comfortable with it to do it as well. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of good stuff, Connor, and I know that kind of you're present, you're, you're in the business world. And I know off the record, we've talked about, you know, some of your other passions and things that you love to do like Mm -hmm. golf, for example. Um, I mean, Maybe more so on a personal note, like what's what's in store for Connor Cole? What's coming up? You know, do you have any big goals maybe for this year or just in general that you're going after or anything like that? Um in terms in terms of goals, um you know, I, I don't see anything um anything huge. Obviously I wanna I'd be successful. Um I wanna mm-hmm. do well at, at my job. I've been there now for about a year and year just over a year, year and two months, three months. Um, so I'm okay. finally starting to kind of gather myself and kind of get moving here. So uh, I'm happy with that. As you mentioned, golf. I golf seven days a week, except for today. It's like 30 <laughs> degrees out, which sucks. But um, yeah. every day that's been warm enough this year I've played, um, it is my all-time passion in life. Um, I would not give it up for anything. So um my my summer will consist of 
working and then straight to the golf course every day. So, um, two, I mean, my, of course my, my number one goal, more important than working anything is to, to play well on the golf course, you know, no questions. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Um, But, uh, other than that, uh, I actually have the opportunity. I'm going in May, um, to play Pine Valley, which is, uh, for the last 32 years has been the number one golf course in the world. Um, it's a private course, but, uh, my grandpa is friends with, uh, a member there. He's the uh, majority owner of the Arnold Palmer Golf Academy and the golf course design company. Um, and I have played a few times with him um, when he's up at his house on Torch Lake. Uh, my grandparents live up there and I've created kind of a friendship with him. He's in his late seventies, but still, I mean, he still beats me easily. So that's a little <laughs> frustrating, but um, so right. he's invited myself and my brother and my grandpa to be his guest there. Um, so that's going to be a, an experience nice. of a lifetime. Um, so that's awesome. uh, my goal is to, it's also the second hardest course in the world. So my goal is to maybe break a hundred there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good goal and an yeah. awesome experience. And I think, you know, something that we've kind of talked about, you know, off the record a bit is just life's all about experiences and taking in those memories and, you know, just being, being there when you can being fully there and enjoying the moment. So make sure you, you know, enjoy it, have fun try to have a good game but you know at the end of the day yep. it's all about the experience and saying that you can be there yeah just being play, right? so. me, i can i can shoot a thousand and be happy to be on that course so <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to exactly. it exactly awesome awesome well that sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds like a lot of good stuff and i know you said you know something that's important to you is you want to be successful and you know from knowing you since we were kids you know collecting basketball cards mm-hmm. to now I, I have no doubt that you'll continue on your path to success and I know you know whether it's in the business world whether it's maybe something with golf or you know whatever it might be I, I know you're going to be making some some big differences in the world and being successful wherever you well, go I appreciate it hearing that from someone like you means a lot you know um, I know I've talked to you about it but just seeing the influence you've had on people and the, the effects you've had on people's lives and just being so open with your life um, whether it be on social media or, you know, to your friends and family is, um, it's been pretty inspiring. So, you know, I appreciate everything you've done as well, whether you know it or not, I'm sure you've, you've touched a lot more people's lives than, you know, um, and, you know, I can't say enough good things. So, uh, you know, hearing that from someone like you really, really means a lot to me. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank course. you, man. Is there anything, uh, that you want to leave the listeners with or any last thoughts or words um not really you know i would i think what we talked about was a lot of it was pretty deep so you know i would encourage people to you know if, if something in fact or in fa- affected you uh, in a positive way or anything yeah um I, you know i'm gonna shamelessly plug zach here i think if you talk to him <laughs> you're you're gonna especially if you're struggling he's a great resource to have and you know, I don't know if he's open to it or not, but I'm going to tell you that he probably is because he's that kind of person. Yep. <laughs> um, I would encourage you to reach out to him. Um, it's helped me a lot. Uh, he's a great influence to have. Uh, if you ever need kind of a pick-me-up, I would definitely say Zach is the guy to go to. <laughs> um, and as well as me, if, if anyone knows me or wants to reach out to me, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk. Zach and I have had quite a few conversations just about life itself. And you know, I think it's been pretty, pretty positive for both of us for the most part. 
Yeah, no, I would definitely say our interactions have been positive and um, exactly, you know, I don't mind if anyone listening to this, if if anything resonated with you or, you know, you just want someone to chat with, um, you can always reach out to me anytime. And, um, you know, Connor, I know you mentioned that if people know you or want to connect, you know, they can find you. Um, Is there anywhere specific like social media or anything? Yeah, yeah, social media everywhere, Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, most of it's just Connor Cole, all lowercase. I got in early, got the good names. So feel free <laughs> to shout if anyone wants to. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. Perfect. And I mean, I'll you know I'll type it up in the description, and everything. But it's uh, Connor C O N N O R and then Cole C O L E. And yeah, go you know whether it's to follow his journey, connect, say hey, or you know reconnect even. Um, Connor's a great guy. I can't say enough great things about him. And I, I thank you so much, Connor, for your time today. And it was great yeah, chatting absolutely. with you. And um, you know I'm excited to see what the future yeah, holds for both of us. As am I. And I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the invite. It's actually been a lot of fun. So so thank you again. Awesome, glad to hear. Of course. All, All right, right, man. You too. take it easy. Yep. All right. Thanks. Bye.